please open your pew Bibles to page 1832, where we're going to be reading our scripture for this evening. Our scripture for this evening is Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. Pew Bible, page 1832. Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, says these words. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word, will you pray with me once again? Father, may you bless these words that I'm about to speak in such a way that we can come to know our Savior, who is our only comfort in life and death, all the more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, kids, what if I told you that I wanted you to come with me and that we were going to go meet the creator of the earth and the universe and everything that you see? Would you guys be pretty excited about that? Yeah? I said, we're going to go meet the one that everything was created for and the one that everything was created through. And I said, come with me, we're going to go on a journey, and I brought you along with me, and where I brought you to was this little lowly manger, and there, laying in a place where animals eat, was a baby. Would you guys be pretty disappointed? Would you think... You said we're going to go meet the creator of all the earth and the universes and the stars and the sky and everything that we see, and this is just a baby. But that is the mystery of our God, is it not? That there on that wonderful night laid a baby. And although we sing many songs about, you know, He cried not, and he has a wonderful shining face, as we're even going to say 
in Silent Night tonight. Jesus was a baby. He looked like a baby. He cried like a baby. He was hungry like a baby. He needed his clothes changed like a baby. But there he was. Holding the world together by the power of his word. Laying in a manger. And that's what our passage is about this evening. Our passage this evening sounds a lot like Genesis 1, right? It sounds a lot like one of our most favorite passages about the incarnation, John chapter 1, his prologue. It sounds a lot like the first chapter of Hebrews because the New Testament authors are very concerned about making sure that Christians know that Jesus, who is our Savior, is also the creator of the universe. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at the fact that the cosmic Christ is the incarnate Christ. And why that is an opportunity for celebration. So let's look at this text. And I want to look at three things in, in specific in this text. I want to look at the image of God. Paul says in verse 15 that he, that is Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And then I want to look at the fullness of God. And if you look at verse 19, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And the last thing I want to look at is the physical body of God. It says here in verse 22, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. So let's look first at the image of God. These words, Christ is the image of the invisible God, are important for us. Because we're told that God is a spirit and does not have a body like a man. And that nobody can see God and live, is what the Old Testament says. Yet here we are told that Christ is the image of that invisible God. Now you may think, as I did as I read this, that we are also made in the image of God as male and female. And that has meaning to what Paul is saying here. But what Paul is saying is that it goes way beyond that. And John chapter 1 is really important to understanding this because Paul, or because John, the gospel writer in John chapter 1, wants us to know that how we really truly come to know the character of God is through the revelation of his son, Jesus Christ. And in John chapter 1, he says these words that help us to understand what it means that Christ is the image of the invisible God. He says, starting in verse 15 of chapter 1, John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we've all received one blessing after another. 
For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And specifically here in verse 18, pay attention to this. No one has ever seen God, but God, that is the Word, the one and only, who's at the Father's side, has made him known. John is saying that Christ came into this world to reveal the Father to us. That's how he is the image of the invisible God. He is the icon, the Greek word here. He is how we see God. Christ is how we see God. But what about that second thing, the fullness of God? Maybe many of you thought as I read this, This is not your typical incarnation passage, but it's very important for us to understand that what Paul is arguing for here is that Christ is over all, that Christ is the creator of all the universe. He's what everything was made, he's he's what everything was made for and through, and that includes everything. He says here, things in heaven and on earth, that's all things, visible and invisible, Thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He's before him, or before all things, in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church, which he died for, the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. And then he says in verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. If you look with me, the first chapter of Hebrews, we may have a better understanding of what Paul is saying here when he says he was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him. At the beginning of the book of Hebrews, the writer to to the Hebrews says this, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days... He's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Sounds a lot like Colossians 1, doesn't it? But listen to what it says here in verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. What does it mean that God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ? That is to say that Christ is the God-man. He's not only that little baby laying in a manger. He is God, the Son of God, existing for all eternity without beginning, without end. He is the God who said in the beginning, God created the heavens in the earth, and by the power of his word, all things came to be. He's that God. Christ has all the fullness of God's deity dwelling in him. Christ must have all the fullness of God's deity dwelling in him because as the Heidelberg Catechism tells us, if he is not man, he cannot represent us. And if he is not God, he cannot bear in his body the wrath of God against sin. And live. All the fullness of God's deity dwelling in Christ, the incarnate one. 
That's a reason for celebration. And then lastly, the physical body of God. You see, it's important here that Paul does not only talk to us about the deity of Christ, that is, that Christ is God. He not only talks to us here about the very real fact that Christ is the creator, that Christ is how all things came to be and how all things were created, that he is, in a very real sense, the Yahweh of the Old Testament. But Paul also tells us about Christ's physical body. And he tells the, the Colossians these words, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now the way that God has reconciled us, brought us back together to him, that we may have fellowship with, again, with him again, that our sin may no longer be in the way, is that you by Christ's physical body, physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. This is important because when Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians, he was dealing with false teaching that was elevating the deity of Christ in the spiritual realms and minimizing the physicality of Christ, that he was a man, that he was born and came into this world like all of us. It even speaks here of the importance of his blood. Verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. People bleed. Humans bleed. Physical bodies bleed. I probably shouldn't talk about that anymore before I pass out because I'm weird about stuff like that. But this is important for us children because God became a man that he may die as our representative. Do you know what representative means, right? There's the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., and they're supposed to represent us as the citizens of our state. Well, Christ came into this world that he may represent a new humanity, that he may be the head, the body of his church, that he may die for all of his precious ones, that he may go to the cross in his physical body, die upon the cross as you as if you were dying on the cross. Because in a very real sense, if you have faith in Christ, you were crucified with him. Sinful flesh has been taken away. And all these things are true about what I call the cosmic Christ. The Christ, the creator of the universe, the Christ that we all came on a journey to go see and you thought maybe we were going to see something magnificent and majestic and so amazing that we couldn't even look upon it. And there he was, lying in a manger, just an infant, a child, a little baby that may have even made little coos and sounds as they were trying to sit in the church service tonight. 
cosmic Christ is the incarnate Christ. The Christ who was above all and all things were created for also became a human. He sympathizes with us. He knows what it's like to struggle with all the different and difficult things that happen to us humans in this fallen world. But he's also God. That's why tonight we're having an incarnation celebration. Because the cosmic Christ is the incarnate Christ. Amen. Will you pray with me? Thank you, Lord, for these words. Help us. Help us to know what sacrifice, what kind of sacrifice it took, but the joy that you had in being born so many thousands of years ago to redeem your people, that you would have the name Jesus Christ, for you would save your people from their sins. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you that he is all-powerful God, but that he's also a man just like us, that we may come to him, speak to him, cry out to him, love him. We praise your name, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. This time we're going to receive an offering for uh, PASS or Pregnancy Aid South Suburbs.